Welcome back to Are You a Fan, where we explore individual characters from your favorite sci-fi, action, and fantasy genres. A big thank you to Novacore PC for sponsoring today's episode. Here's your hosts, Dick Rail and Joker. I got halfway through that, I'm like, I've made a critical error. <laughs> Just a bit. Okay, so today uh, we're going to be talking about Scorpion and Sub-Zero. Because we got our uh, Mortal Kombat movie coming out, and they are both majorly featured in the previews. I mean, how could they not? <laughs> and they are kind of what you could consider main characters when there really isn't a main character per se. I mean, you know, them them or uh, Raiden, I guess, would be the next yeah. main character. <laughs> so uh, for both these characters, we're only going to be talking about the uh, character's history from Mortal Kombat mythologies. Sub-Zero through MK4 and MK3 is the uh, ultimate MK3. <laughs> Since since in the original MK, uh, Mortal Kombat 3, Scorpion kind of didn't show up. And we'll get into why that is a thing here soon. But We're also cutting out a lot of their history just because there's so much. We do not have the time for that. No, no, no. I mean, we could easily do just a Scorpion, like Scorpion's whole history and Sub-Zero, part of his history. But we're going to Sub-Zero's got a... He's, he, him, his history between original timeline and reboot, that's like a two and a half, three hour episode. Yeah, we ain't got time for that. So, let's get started with, uh, we'll start out with Scorpion and that. We'll start out with real world origins, which, there's only going to be a few real differences between him and Sub-Zero in the real world origins. So, Scorpion, first appears in the first Mortal Kombat, 1992. It was created by Ed Boon and John Tobias. He is one of three characters to appear as a playable character in every generation of the game, along with Raiden and Sub-Zero. In one form or another. Uh, yep. Because the only real difference between the two is that Sub-Zero has appeared as two different people. They are two brothers. Yeah. After one got his uh, shit, rock and shit rocked and murked, his brother decided, you know what? I'm gonna pick up his mantle. I'm gonna take care of this. Cause you know, what what better cliche than a vendetta after he after your brother gets killed? I mean, that's kind of the whole cliche between these two. Is it's just one vendetta after another. Yeah, and a lot of lying too. I feel like just a simple conversation between these two could have like cleared up a lot of this gameplay history. After a certain point, yes. So Scorpion is technically considered the first ever character of Mortal Kombat. He's such an iconic character. I mean, shit, he's even in, um, he's even on the logo of the gaming company. I'll say he's the big logo ma- uh, mascot. He's the one guy who makes all the different appearances for sure in all the crossovers. One of the creators had even said that Mortal Kombat wouldn't be the same without Scorpion because he is such a big character to the game. I mean, I could easily see that. His hell, his iconic line, get over here. It's considered one of the greatest, uh, I mean, video game lines of all time. Yeah. And I, like, you tell that, I could tell that to my mother. I could be like, can you name this video game character? Get over here. She'd be like, I don't know, that guy with that uh, knife and rope thing in that fighting video game. She'd at least be, you know, close to on target. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So as far as real world origins, there's not really much to it. And, you know, the character, uh, I mean, hell, uh, Ed Boon uh, didn't. Oh, wait, was it Ed Boon who voiced him at one point? Or was that Sub-Zero he was voicing? 
Um, I don't actually know. Oh. Yeah, Ed Boon and uh, John. Know, they've had so many different voice actors through the games. Including the fact that in the original, uh, the original games were more um, like motion capture. They had people actually, you know, doing the fighting moves or yep. whatever and just taking pictures. And uh, we've really progressed. I like how there was like this arc in gaming where, you know, it's like we're going to just take pictures of them, put them in game. And we're going to take pictures of them, put them in game. And it arced up to where, you know, we have no humans at all involved in the video making process. And now we've come full circle to where we put a bunch of little green dots on people's faces. And we're like, okay, we're going to need you to act out this character, finding out that all of this was a sham. It's amazing how we've kind of gone back to capturing the actual actors. I mean, kind of a cool full circle. It really is. In world. Real name is uh, Hanzo Hisashi. Apologize if anybody thinks I'm pronouncing that wrong. Yeah, that that should be a, a disclaimer. Now, we are probably going to butcher a lot of these terms and names, just because it's it's not our culture. We we're not good with it. Yeah. <laughs> However, I think I listened to enough of the names being said. I think I got this. <laughs> not as worried about the names as like the other things. <laughs> I mean, the martial arts styles. I could totally name those. I did martial arts. I'm practically, I'm practically an expert. <laughs> yeah, and I fight like one, too. <laughs> I don't have to beat you in a fist fight if I fucking chop you in the throat. Uh, formerly one of the finest warriors of the Japanese, Shirai, Shirai Ryu. Right there off the bat, I'm starting to get, get a little stumbly with the names. Shirai Ryu, Ninja Clan. Which you said that, uh, is he Japanese? I did go back in. Look, he is the Japanese one. I was gonna say because so Zero was the Chinese one. Okay, I was gonna say because ja- Japanese are the ones known for the, you know, ninjas. China yeah. was just, I mean, you know, Russian style send send the men to slaughter. Which is funny because Japan's not actually known for ninjas either. That's an American thing. Yeah, actually, I did see that. I mean, they had what was called the nin, like the nin ninjutsu or whatever in that, but like they weren't the clad in black like, the, the like, concept of the ninja as we know them is an american thing yep that's it's kind of like the vikings and the horned helmets yep yeah which actually yeah ninjas probably dress closer to what a scorpion wears yeah uh, i mean not fully accurate but you know anyway uh the uh is known that his uh father a former member of the she shirai shirai ryu for forbade his son from joining the clan as he did not wish for his son to live the life of an assassin. However, Hanzo joined in spite of his father's wishes in order to provide his wife and son with a comfortable life. Yes, because joining an assassin clan is the way to provide for a family. I mean, money-wise it is, but you know they're gonna die. Exactly. That's why I like, it may not be the best choice to provide for your family. I do love, like, it, like I feel like a conversation with his dad, his dad would have been like, dude, I will cover your bills if you just don't join. See, that probably would have been a better option for him instead of just saying, I forbid you from doing this. Because, you know, kids. True, when yeah. We hear, I forbid you. It's like, oh, is that a challenge? <laughs> and, it, and he took it as one. Okay. So, 
the first thing that really kind of overlaps between the two big characters is both Scorpion and Sub-Zero were sent to the Order of Light's Shaolin Temple to retrieve the Map of Elements, um, being sent by the sorcerer Quan Chi. Quan Chi sent both in attempts to get the two rivals to fight, resulting in Sub-Zero defeating and killing Scorpion. Yeah, I feel like that was the most roundabout way to go about that, too. It re- I f- actually found out more about that when reading up on... Um, Sub-Zero, between the temples that they got sent to, is because he had already, Quan Chi had crossed the Earth Gods and wasn't allowed in the temple. Hmm. So he sent two big rival ninja clans. Which I could see that, but like at one point it wasn't even revealed that he kind of also did it so he could, you know, take over Scorpion as a revenant. Well, actually, didn't he kind of want both, either one of them, but he's like, ah, you Probably. know, dealer's choice, whoever dies, I'm taking. Most likely. I mean, dude was very big on his plans. Yeah. Very convoluted. <laughs> okay, Scorpion then became a uh, specter residing in hell, later called the Netherrealm. That just does sound like, like a fucking fancier video game thing. Which is funny, because that's also the name of their studio. Yeah, shit, I forgot about that. Which, you know... I love how they were like, what what name from our game universes should we pick to name this? How about the worst one? <laughs> right. Uh, let's just pick the name of Hell. Yeah, let's go with that one. <laughs> so, after he'd been killed, his family and his clan were slaughtered by Quan Chi as payment to the Lin Kuei. Which, yeah, he killed them, and uh, I think he, like, wasn't yeah. it all... What? I'll say there's actually more detail on that in Sub-Zero. Ah, okay. So we can get, we can touch more on that a little bit later. We'll come back to why this guy decided to, you know, just create fucking, fucking goddamn. <laughs> Two years after being killed, he was sent to Earthrealm to participate in Shang Tsung's tournament. He was manip- manipulated by Quin Chi, Quin Chai, Quin Chi, uh, being told if he was able to defeat Sub-Zero, he would avenge himself and uh, from what Quin Chi told him, his clan. You know, what better way to motivate somebody than vengeance? I mean, that was kind of the whole thing, especially once Scorpion died. That that was all he was about. He was, he was Ghost Rider, basically. Yeah, Ghost Rider, a, revelant, a revenant in that, which ain't D&D people out there. Yeah, I think you know exactly what those are and how much of a bitch they are to deal with. Scorpion would kill Sub-Zero in the first uh, Mortal Kombat tournament, and immediately, due to his soul being corrupted, would return immediately back to, uh, to the Nether Realm. <laughs> he just straight up murked him. Yeah, it was... Uh, and I know there's more detail on his de- on how he killed him in Sub-Zero's, since that was much more prevalent to their story. Ah, yes. So we'll get weird, into... Which is weird that they it showed up more under his than the one who actually killed him. Yeah, you'd think they go into detail about, you know, the guy actually doing the eyes, the thumbs Whatever in the eyes doing. Socket. And that, it's like, you know, I, that's just my train of thought on it. Would have made sense. Okay. Scorpion would later hear of a new tournament and send Sub-Zero per, uh, tournament and uh, Sub-Zero's participation. Angered and shocked that his uh, murder managed to... Uh, Murder managed to return to life and followed his rival to Shao Kahn's tournament. That's gotta be a fucking... Like, whoa, 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 wait, wait. Didn't I kill that guy? Right. I was like, he killed me. I killed him. 
Why is he getting back to life? Right? Like, I'm that stuck one, down here in hell. Why is he up there? That wasn't part of the deal. <laughs> During the tournament, uh, Scorpion would witness the new Sub-Zero spare the life of an enemy, thus realizing this was not B-Haunt. And then he would choose from then on to uh, and made a vow to become the guardian of the new Sub-Zero as an atonement for killing the older brother. Which I'm kind of assuming that's why we don't fucking see him in the third game. He's just kind of in the backgrounds. Which could make sense. That's my best assumption because they kind of, everything I've seen on it, like they're like, he vowed to protect this one and then no mention of him for the rest of the game. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, yeah, that's that's cool. We couldn't have had some fighting scenes showing him protecting him. You know, I'm just a, I'm just the guy who plays the games. I mean, it kind of fits because in the story, I guess that the new Sub Zero didn't even know that he had made this pact and vow to just protect him. Mm, true. So he didn't know what was going on. So you may just never have seen him protecting him. Ah, true, true. Just kind of sucks. I feel like that could have been a cool Easter egg, like battles. Oh, definitely. Quan Chi uh, later tricked Scorpion into thinking this new Sub-Zero killed his wife and child. He then swore to slay the new Sub-Zero, much like his older brother. Which, I mean, I get he's one of the top assassins in the world, but this guy's like dumb as a, as like a blow, bag well, of bricks. At a certain point, when all he's really based upon is vengeance, it's really easy to steer vengeance around. I'm just saying, we've all seen what uh, Quan Chi looks like. I'm saying, even in the light of day, if I, that guy came to me and was like, hey, you want to make a deal? No, don't fucking, no. I'm good. I'm I'm going to walk the other way, and I'm going to keep looking back to make sure you don't follow me. <laughs> yeah, but as a clan of assassins, you don't usually work with the best people. Ah, that's a valid point. <laughs> but why do you believe him? Shouldn't you know, like, all my clientele are dirtbags. This guy. Again, at this point, now that he's a revenant and pretty much fueled on his anger and his rage, anger's a very easy thing to steer in one way. So it's very easy to just kind of blind, make him blind to reason. I mean, I guess I should know that considering uh, I did Tai Chi. That was the whole point of like Tai Chi's fighting style is to redirect the person's anger. Exactly. So I guess I shouldn't be too surprised considering I based one of my whole fighting styles off the concept. And Scorpion would end up uh, later defeating his rival. However, before Sub-Zero was killed, uh, he revealed that he was not responsible for the family's death and the killer was still out there. This ended up leading Quan Chi to reveal that he tricked Scorpion trying to get him to break his vow of protection over the younger brother. Which, once again, Quan Chi. He, he just has a thing for making these two fight. He, he just wants to watch them. Well, not even make him fight. Like, in that moment, what... It's kind of like when we were talking about fucking Red Skull merging a Falcon with Falcon's mind. What benefit was it to you to be like, it was me all along standing right in front of you with that knife, that kunai that you can throw straight into my chest. I think part of it was he realized Scorpion wasn't going to end up killing him. So it was going, his plan wasn't working as he wanted it to. So he just kind of went off script and it didn't work out for him. Jesus Christ, did he go off script with that one? <laughs> After revealing this, uh, Quan Chi attempts to transport Scorpion back to the Nether Realms, but thinking quickly, Scorpion charged uh, the sorcerer, sending both of them to the Nether Realm. Shit like that. I'm just like, why don't you, you know, it's that whole like 
bad guy on a Saturday morning. I have a feeling after hearing that part that he might have just thought that maybe the shock would have stopped Scorpion long enough for him to get transported to where he wouldn't be able to do anything. I mean, I get that logic, but this is also a man that has been fueled and has gotten very good at being fueled by anger. You think he can't redirect that in a split second? Well, clearly he did. <laughs> he did not. Also, you know, there's also a guy that can literally throw a kunai and pull you with him. I just, there there was no... Oh, yeah, there, there was no getting away from this. this. There was no victory in this. Like, <laughs> like, if I was an evil villain and I read that, I'd be like, fucking idiot. It's like, and this is the one the Elder God fucking put in charge of getting shit done? <laughs> okay. So, and then, with the reboots of... When they made the reboots, they kind of restarted the first three titles of the series. Um, Scorpion would actually regain his humanity being resurrected. In the Mortal Kombat X Combat series, it's revealed that his Hellfire, his powers in Hellfire become dependent upon his own emotional pain to where he must relive his greatest shames and uh, to even use them. But by doing so, um, he becomes, uh, becomes wraith-like and becomes surrounded by the Hellfire and increases his powers to points he can even exceed deities like Raiden in combat. Shit, bro. So he uses his anger so much now that he best certain gods in combat now dude that's an impressive feat <laughs> like, it, it really is for not being a wraith anymore not being a revenant anymore not being dead just being able to call on that power and that like just just be like dude can you imagine how powerful we'd be if we could call back on all our past mistakes uh, God, exactly <laughs> i would own this country Hey, remember that time you said you too after the person brought your food? <laughs> ah! <laughs> oh, if only it worked that way. <laughs> right? I mean, I've stayed up I've stayed up at night thinking about those moments. Okay, so yeah, let's uh, I guess get into his power sets. We got uh, Hellfire Manipulation, the Nether Realms variant of fire. I mean, that is probably. It's probably his most damaging effect, and it is arguably his most deadly. Honestly, it's kind of his main one, right behind his kunai, kunai, and kunai chain yeah, combo. The kunai chain combo. Top of the fact that he's able to teleport. Scorpion is immune to hellfire, which, I mean, his skull's covered in it. I just <laughs> it's one of those you would hope he was, but it's one of those that you also have to feel that has to be stated. I mean, you've se we've seen plenty of those bad guys where, like... They lose to their own power. Yeah, they use the power, and it's like, it's burning my flesh! Then stop! You know, three movies of Star Wars where Palpatine just ends up getting burned by his own lightning. Every fucking time. <laughs> the cool thing, though, about Scorpion's uh, transportation is he can do it just by thinking. Ooh. He doesn't have to do any motions or conjure any or say any words or anything he just thinks about it and he's there that's arguably i would say the most useful teleportation ability i've ever heard. right because yeah most characters they have to do you know some hand sign or like say some phrase or you know it's a it's a whole hassle but just being able to think i'd end up in so many walls right <laughs> okay scorpion as a specter is immortal as his soul is bound by revenge I feel like that's kind of a self-explanatory. Like he's been beaten in his revenant form, but like you can only put him down for so long. 
Exactly. He'll eventually come back. Yeah, like it's you can destroy the body, but the body's going to reform itself. Because actually that happened. He was, I don't remember who it was, but he got pushed into a a pool of acid to where his body was completely dissolved. Except for the bones, because that's what shows people that the acid didn't destroy them. Right. You know, (laughs) game logic. (laughs) Or Rick and Morty. (laughs) That's Honestly, that's all I was thinking. It was like, look, he's dead. Look at all those bones. He's got to be dead. Guys, we're fighting a skeleton. Maybe we should, like, I don't know, grind the bones? Nah, we're good. <laughs> okay. Uh, has necromancy and summoning abilities after being betrayed by the Elder Gods when they resurrected his clan as undead. His undead hell spawns are capable of using hellfire as he is. Which, that was a power I did, I did see. I was like, wow. I don't think they emphasize that ability enough. They really don't. And it really, except for in the actual story of it. And I feel like that was probably more in the comics. They don't really even touch that his clan got resurrected. Yeah, they don't. But I mean, you know, considering how they got resurrected, does that really count? I mean, except for necromancers. It's like, I brought him back. That's not at all what I was paying you for. Pretty much. That's why you don't trust gods, people. Don't make deals. His summoning allows him to call upon demonic minions that can self, what self-destruct and f- and floating skull creatures that breathe and spew explosive pro- projectiles. This guy is basically like a walking doom simulator. He, he really is. <laughs> Fuck, dude, that's badass. Who do you think would win between him and the doom guy? Uh, probably doom guy. I mean, Doom Guy has literally <laughs> killed God Beans. Exactly. That's his whole. That's that game's whole premise is he's going into hell killing demons. Scorpion's done. <laughs> yeah, but it'd be a boss. It'd be oh, a it'd boss be an epic fight. fight. <laughs> okay, yeah, we already covered teleportation. I'm leaving that to you because there's a lot of shit that uh, I don't yeah. know how to pronounce. He has multiple <laughs> weapons uh, throughout the various games, such as. An axe, long sword, ninja sword, which I think is a little bit of a offensive because I think it's technically called a uh, ah, fuck. Hey, blame this one on the people who wrote it in their article. Oh no, I saw the same article, and I, that's kind of why I tried to copy and paste in that. But I'm like ninja sword. <laughs> what? It basically be like a shortened um, katana, and that that's pretty much exactly what it is. They have an actual name. If you're wondering what it is, go look up what uh, fucking uh, the blue band guy from Ninja Turtles uses. They're the same blades. And that. Okay. Ninja Sword. Um, Mu, uh, Mugai Ryu? No clue. Oh, I have no I'm idea. I'm leaving what, that one to you. <laughs> no idea what the uh, Mugai Ryu. Uh, Tonto and his kunai are the only weapons to appear in all games he's in. He has three different fighting styles. Aikido, Paigua, and Moife. Yep, see, that's why I left that one to you, because I would never have been able to mention any of that. I mean, you know. Or pronounce it. There did martial go. arts for like 10 years, so. Oh, well, you can do them, but pronouncing is a whole different thing. Very true. Very true. But so that's uh, that's kind of what we got for his, uh, for his weapons and stuff yeah. and his powers. I mean, he's a skilled martial artist with Hellfire to back him. I mean, you know, I want while I'm coming after me is all I'm saying. So oh, heck no. Don't, don't wake up and see a skull floating over your bed. 
just don't mess with his clan. You're good. Don't oh. wear blue. <laughs> yeah, I think I can avoid both of those topics. I don't have the money to fly to Japan. And I don't think I own anything blue. So, I think I'm pretty safe there. Uh, now, oh, ready to do it all over again. Jeez. Round two. Uh, Sub-Zero first appeared in um, the older brother, um, ba- uh, Baihan, appeared in Mortal Kombat 1 in 1992 alongside, you know, Scorpion. It's basically the same and that. Uh, the second Sub-Zero, um, Kwai Lang, appeared in Mortal Kombat 2 in 1993. This would become the, the uh, Sub-Zero that we know, love, and sometimes try to kill when we're on the couch with our friends. Other than that, same history as Scorpion, so we're not really going to get bogged down with those details. I mean, you know, fun fact is they did change uh, to create uh, Scorpion, Sub-Zero, and like three other guys, or like two other guys. It was originally Scorpion, Sub-Zero, and um, Reptile. Reptile, there we go. There was the original three color-swapped ninjas. Yep, and that's literally all they were, is save on money. They just swapped them out, swapped out the colors for the characters and altered their fighting styles. I mean, arguably, that is the cheapest thing they could do at the time. <laughs> and with the way memory was in the games back then, that's about all they could do. Yeah. Let's get into this real world facts and go down this ice slide. Real names. Bai Han was the first. His younger brother, Kwai Ling, would become the primary Sub-Zero after Bai Han, uh, Bihan's death. Sorry for anybody out there. <laughs> we did give a disclaimer. We're trying. That's all we can do right now. Okay. Both brothers uh, descended from cryomancers, an exiled race descended from the gods. Oh, I actually didn't know that part. I didn't know they were like god descendants. I just thought. Yep. Yeah. That's how they have the ability to do all the ice powers and all that kind of cool stuff. Uh it comes I just, from that race. I just, I mean, I assumed it was a race, but I didn't know like the connection yeah. of the gods. That one I found out doing the research, actually. And I don't remember what the god, the race was technically called. It was something with an E. Yeah. Um, originally, they were both born in the, uh, in the United States to a cryomancer father and a human mother. They were taken back to China by the father when they came of age against the mother's wishes. The big difference in that and the reboot is the reboot had them being stolen by the Lin Kuei. Uh, when they were young boys and then trained as assassins from there. So not a huge difference. Not positive if they were, if they changed the origin of where they were born. But it I never mean, really said. I mean, you know, it's just, uh, they did make it clear in the reboot that the uh, Lin Kuei just kind of stole children. So I just. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Jedi. Yeah. Yeah. They were basically. I want to say the harsher version of the Jedi, but the Jedi weren't exactly known for their peaceful ways when it came down to it. So, uh, yeah, no, uh, by, uh, oh yeah. They would both be trained as assassins and given, uh, and given, uh, Bihans, uh, would take the code name Sub-Zero and the younger brother took the name Tundra, which from what I remember, uh, doing the research in that, um, Bihan was more like ruthless in his ways. Yeah, like he just he got the job done. He was basically, <laughs> I guess, apologies for the pun, the Winter Soldier, if you will. Yeah, being the more ruthless, uh, being the better of the two with a 
uh, cold, ruthless demeanor. That's why he was chosen to be Sub-Zero over the younger brother. Yeah. And, you know, Tundra, he got his name, which, you know, I I guess doesn't sound as cool in that, but if anybody's ever driven near a Tundra, the thing looks very unforgiving. Oh, yeah. So, you know, maybe clean it up on your naming things. Like Scorpion, Sub-Zero would be given the task of retrieving the map of elements inside the Oralite Shaolin Temple by Quan Chi. There he would encounter Scorpion and kill him after a violent battle. So again, a few of these early on, they kind of cross because cross they have that first meeting where it all really kind of goes down. Which is kind of why we decided to do the episode the way we did is we felt as though we literally couldn't talk about one without basically revealing the other one's history too because they were so intertwined with each other especially in those first couple games there was that was such a big part of their story yeah so that's uh that's why you're getting this special episode folks quan chi would uh disguise himself as sub-zero and kill scorpion's clan as payment for stealing the map from the first temple which they never say whether whether the uh clan of sub-zero wanted that other clan just straight up massacred i would love to believe because of the way games go that he did that he's like so i brought you the head of of this enemy clan they're like why from what i understand reading through context that kind of was the plan for it Mm. is they did want them killed that's why he did that as the payment Okay, that makes sense. Again, that's also just reading through context. They never officially said anything like that. I would just love that, though. It's like, I brought you the heads of your enemy clan. It's like, dude, they were our competitors. Like, we were able to raise prices because of them. What are you doing? So the map of elements led to the legendary Temple of Elements, uh, which had an amulet sealed away, which was was said to contain a great mystic power. Ooh. You know, always that <laughs> magical crap. Right. Uh, upon Sub-Zero retrieving the medallion, Quan Chi would reveal his evil plot to restore the elder god Shinnok and steal it from him. But yeah, I guess the amulet belonged to Shinnok and it was able to completely rebuild his body. Yeah, I did see some things about that. He's like a fallen ancient god in that, you know, there's always some contingency plan to bring those guys back. Raiden the Thunder God and... Uh, Earth Realm Protector would task Sub Zero with retrieving the amulet from the Nether Realm. Since he was, you know, the one who retrieved it from Kwai Quan Chi in the first place. Yeah, it was kind of his payment of, hey, you screwed up, gave him this amulet that could retrieve, revive a god that's going to cause problems. You get to go fix it. I, I mean, you know, arguably. What I was more shocked about that whole scene, that whole transaction, was there was no fight between them because for some reason Raiden was the most wise character in any video game or movie ever to be created. He's just like, hey, hey, buddy, I know what happened. Instead, just pop it up and bam! Right. Which, you know, I, I just gotta say, like, for an old game, that's probably the most logical thing I've ever seen in a video game. Which is surprising, just knowing games. Right. Okay, upon returning Sub-Zero to his clan headquarters, he would find the Shang Tsung personally invited him to the first Mortal Kombat tournament. He would then use that opportunity to assassinate Shang Tsung as his clan had been approached previously with a contract for his head. They had been been approached for this contract, and he's like, you know, since I'm going to be there anyways... 
two birds, one stone. I exactly. mean, shit, why not? Get this contract taken care of, win a tournament, become immortal for 50 years. Did not work in his plan, in his favor, though. Oh, no. Upon uh, Liu Kang winning the, uh, winning the tournament, the island would crumble into the ocean. Scorpion would face Sub-Zero, and fueled by vengeance, would burn Sub-Zero to death. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it actually got a little more... I guess it was pretty pretty bad. Which, if I remember correctly, in the uh, reboot, the um, Raiden actually approached Scorpion and was like, please don't kill him, we need Earthrealm to win this this he, thing. He tried to. He tried to. Did not work. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> he still killed straight him. up murked him. He straight <laughs> like, up... nope, this guy's... Still dying. Just popped right back up, holding the guy's skull and fucking spine. So, I mean, in both, he kills him. But, you know, at least in one, Raiden tried to stop the killing. Yeah, he tried to, to help everything. And he just not batting great. So, kind of a fun fact in here already. After Baihan's death, um, his soul descended into the Netherrealm. He becomes a demonic form of his former self, being given the name Noob Sabot. Which his name consists of the surnames of the Mortal Kombat creators Ed Boon and John Tobias, spelled backwards. Which I I saw, I saw that too. I thought that was a pretty cool concept. I saw that. I was like, nope, we got to throw this in because also one shows a really fun fact of the name naming, and it kind of shows what happened to the older brother after he died. Which you know he's actually got a whole story too in that. Oh yeah, and he, and he ends up doing a lot with. Sub-Zero and other versions and later in the story that we don't cover. Yeah, and we're not gonna. If you if you want to know about Noob, well, that'll have to be later. Uh, that's, that's definitely a different story. All Pretty much any of these characters, if you want to know about them, that's a whole other episode. Yep. Kwai Lang would then lose his uh, name of Tundra and pick up his brother's name of Sub-Zero to honor him. Which uh, I did read in that it did take him like a few years to fully pick up the mantle because he had to take on his brother's training regiment. Yep. I think it was like five years of training before he was even on par with the first one, which, yeah, I get you want to avenge him, but you know, five years of training, it's like, I'm going to go against that guy. You mean the guy that killed the dude that took you five years to even get close to? Yep. (laughs) And then, after all that, when he took up the mantle of Sub-Zero, he would then join Shao Kahn's next tournament, along with a fellow clan member and close friend, Smoke. Ah, Smoke. Because, yeah, that one... And the only reason we're really mentioning him is because it kind of comes into play with some of his stuff a little later on. Okay, fair enough. Uh, Lang, uh... Okay, Lang uh, discovered the ven- vendetta Scorpion had for his older brother, but Scorpion would witness Lang show mercy to his opponents which in turn saved his life from the Spectre, though he would never find out why his life was spared by Scorpion. I'm assuming it was spared just because, like... Well, that was, as we talked about, under Scorpion's side, that's when he took up... When he realized it wasn't the same person, he wasn't responsible, he decided to do the atonement for killing the the older brother to protect him. Which does kind of make sense, because ultimately, like, yeah, this guy's got no beef with you, really. Yeah, and as far as he knew, only the older brother did it. Nobody else was responsible. Exactly. So why would you just go and kill this younger brother, you know? The young, (sighs) restless little bastards. And upon failing to kill Shang Tsung during the second tournament, Sub-Zero and Smoke returned empty-handed, to which they discovered their clan was starting to turn their warriors into cyborg assassins. 
Which, if I remember correctly, in the reboot, that doesn't start to happen until later on. And that, like that, in the original, it, the, the whole machine thing happens sooner than the yeah. reboot. Because I think it only, I think this is still in the second or third game that this started, technically. Yep. So, yeah, it's uh, get a little gets a little muddled. Which, you know, uh, uh, okay, yeah. He would uh, refuse this change and run from the clan and be saved by Raiden and agreed to join his rebellion against the new threat. In the new timeline, he was captured and his clan was changed. Because in the new timeline, Scorpion didn't really give a shit that this was a different Sub-Zero. He was going to kill them all the same, which I think we did mention. No, that was no. just us talking off camera. No. But yeah, but, he, wa- he was gonna he was gonna face him, and uh, so Sub Zero beat Scorpion. Was about to deal the final blow. Then a bunch of robots fucking teleported out of nowhere, grabbed him, and I say that was actually during the fight when he almost killed Sub Zero, and then Quan Chi piped up that he was the one that killed the, the family, not Sub Zero. Ah, so okay. it, that's where the timeline got changed. God, I hate I hate timeline changes. Yeah. Especially when they're still considered technically part of canon. Especially in this world, because that timeline change wouldn't have happened if Raiden wasn't trying to save the original timeline. Yeah, but they just need to stop messing with that. <laughs> I mean, I'm hoping they do. Okay. So, he would... So, Zub-Zero would then fight alongside other Earthrealm warriors against Shao Kahn and his armies when they invaded Earthrealm. Um, they would eventually be victorious and Earth would get returned back to normal. They didn't really talk a lot about that fight or anything. Yeah, that I fight. Know it, it got kind of convoluted with some of the cyborg ninjas and smoke. and That fight in and of itself is convoluted. It's considered a big thing in the canon, like the fight for Earthrealm yep. and that. But as far as like all the random shit, like I feel as though part of the whole excuse, especially in the reboot for that whole war was to introduce a bunch of new characters. And I think that's exactly all that was. Because that's where we you know, we get a bunch of like kind of badass cool new characters. I mean, so. that's where we got pretty much every cyborg character in the game. Yep. They all showed up during this fight. There we go. Sub-Zero would again be called by Raiden to assist in defeating a uh, defense... <laughs> Sub-Zero would again be called by Raiden to assist in the defense of Earth. When Chinook threatened Earthrealm, Sub-Zero would don his brother's uniform and bring vital information to help Raiden stop Chinook. Because, you know, during, I think this was at the fourth game, Chinook finds a way to come out of the Netherrealm, threaten Earth again. You know, the, the stereotypical game of bad always finds a way to threaten Earth. Yeah, just, you know. And, you know, at this point in the series, Sub-Zero seems to be Raiden's go-to guy. I mean, he's kind of a badass, badass person. And Which is funny when you think about all the games and movies that we show. Um, Liu Kang. Liu Kang. I was like, you think about Liu Kang is always typically that poster boy we see as the good guy. Yes, yeah, the hero. But it's funny because it always seems to be Sub Zero that gets the main calls from Raiden first. And I think it, if I'm if I'm you know, good guess in that. I almost feel like Raiden's using Sub... Raiden looks at Sub-Zero, looks at Liu Kang, he's like, Liu Kang is pure of heart. I need him to win this. However, you are a badass who can murder things. So... You go do this. <laughs> you go do this. 
We're going to defend our little precious <laughs> Liu Kang here and keep him pure. That's kind of exactly what that is. And we already kind of talked about how Quan Chi tricked Scorpion into thinking Sub-Zero's involvement of the clan and the deaths of his family and clan, yep. which we all know is now fake. So we're not even going to touch that part of his story because it's pretty much exactly the same. New timeline, uh, Sub-Zero would defeat Scorpion. And even eventually try to make amends with him. Which he did successfully do so. Which is cool to think about. That they right. that they kind of I hear in the like the, I hear in the newest game you get to see them like buddy up and like go on a mission together. Oh, I guess I gotta find the newest game. <laughs> I want to see this. Yeah, like two old men just being like, "Fucking, let's do this, bro." Ah, buddy cop movies, I love them. Okay, let's go into their powers. Being descended from the outworld race known as uh, Cryomancers. Koi Lang, Koi Lang has the innate ability to control ice in many forms. And yeah, I found a list of his actual powers and it is such a large list. It's ice. Uh, Man's that, an ice bender. Like, he, he throws ice spears, he can make ice walls, make copies of himself as ice. He can slide around on ice like make a the ground, skateboard. Just make the ground ice in front of his opponent. Like There's just so much and it's all essentially the same thing. Yeah. Man controls ice. He's an ice bender. He's able to resist the powers of other cryomancers. Which they show when him and Frost would fight. Uh. He was able to resist her abilities. Damn. Because I guess she tried to freeze his arms and it did nothing. Okay. Was able to uh, surpass his brother's freezing ability and could reach up to, holy shit, negative 500 Fahrenheit. Yep. Okay, fighting style, uh, Shotokan and the dragon, which doesn't really, it's not really specific as to what martial art the dragon comes from. I can assume, uh, I would assume Taekwondo or karate and that, but there's a few martial arts that use the concept of the dragon as a fighting style. Okay. So possibly even uh, Shotokan. Maybe, yeah. So, wasn't really specific on that. So. Unlike Scorpion, though, Sub-Zero's never actually had a weapon besides, you know, his ice that would appear or appear alongside him in all of his appearances, except his quarry blade would be the closest because it's been in the most games. Uh, he also had an ice scepter, ice daggers, hammer, and an ice poleaxe. You know, of course, all the ice stuff. Yeah, I mean, when you can kind of create weapons out of ice, do you really need said weapons on you not really i and mean then, <laughs> then in mortal Kombat combat 11 which takes place in the reboots uh universe he has cybernetic weapons to go along you know where he was captured and turned into a cyborg uh, oh yeah shit i remember that he had like little rockets and stuff yep. i remember playing that which the whole, uh, you know, fun little fact in that I found out, I guess, in the comics, whole reason, even after he dies and gets turned into a specter, he comes back with a human body is uh, Kwai, um Quan Chi. Quan Chi. Yeah. The one that's kind of been the yeah. overall dictator of their lives. Quan Chi is uh, actually um, turns him back into a human from a, from a machine. Yeah, and even looking at that, that whole thing was so convoluted, too. Because they're like, you know, he didn't do this out of the kindness of his heart. But it really still, once again, doesn't really... Like, I guess it could have made him a more superior fighter because he doesn't have to rely on the tech to not, like, you know, break down on him. Well, that, and you're more flexible. True. 
but there was also a lot more to that story that I started to read, and I just said, nope, we're not getting into that because we're not putting it in here. I know it, it was a good like three or four paragraphs worth of story. Yeah, I don't blame you that one. And yeah, no, we, I wasn't touching that. I think the only yeah no these two uh, Scorpion and Sub Zero have had uh, quite the history together, and and you could almost arguably say they are one of, if not the greatest rivalry in fighting games. Oh, I would easily say that. Like so much emotion behind the rivalry. A lot of fighting games, it's just like. There's no real like emotion. There's no real like it's like even when it's like you you killed my father. It's like, ah, uh, yeah, but I don't know who you are. Like, do you have any idea how little that narrows it down? Right. Meanwhile, in here it's like you killed my family. Ooh. Yeah, that was me. Uh, I might have actually done that one. <laughs> yeah, like, ooh, I do know you. I recognize your face too. That's uh that's not not boding well for me. And, this... and then they just managed to continue it game after game after game. And actually kept it interesting, too. It wasn't just the same old story over and over again. Yeah, no, they actually, you know, they had both both of them lose and win fights together in that. One would get the upper hand, the other one would get the upper hand. Granted, and then, majority of the time, Scorpion had the upper hand and would win the fights. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know. There was only a couple, like a very small handful that Sub-Zero would able, was able to win. True. But, I mean, you know. Because I think uh, even one of Scorpion's powers is the longer he spends in the Nether Realms, the more powerful he becomes. Exactly. So, this guy takes a week vacation in the Nether Realms, comes out of the portal, and is like, "You, right? Oh crap! See, that's the way to do it, right there. Right? Basically, he pulls a pseudo Superman in the sun. Yeah. <laughs> but no, great. Uh, which I did also. Speaking of Superman. Uh, those video games are not considered part of the canon at all. The uh, Marvel or the Mortal Kombat versus DC. Yeah, nope. Those, there was another own... one that he appeared in that obviously aren't canon either. Yeah, so most of his appearances in other games that aren't Mortal Kombat based, those aren't considered part of the timeline. So, you know, no real reason for us to go into that. Because, yeah, that's a whole nother story that we really don't need to touch. No, and I. Or do I want to? Nah, I sure as hell don't want to. This ones, these ones were tough enough, and we had to cut things out. Cut so much out, especially with Sub Zero. His his history is just so convoluted and so long that. I mean, we cut out a good five or six games of history. <laughs> yep, but we kept the important stuff. It's all the original or all the stuff that really led them into what they are and who they are as characters and people. Yeah. Tried to we tried to you know clean up some of the time loop stuff and that to try to keep it more streamlined. We did tell you a few things that happened differently in different timelines, but for the most part, like this is their story and they're intertwined. They they're one and the same. Then you know, growing up as a kid with friends, I almost never played the storyline, so I didn't realize how much story there truly was to this game. Oh, it, it blows my mind. So much story. Like I was reading it, I'm like. I, I didn't realize they put so much behind these. I, I've never played the story. I've only played with friends. Which, when you think about the fact that this started out as an arcade game... That's impressive. That's a lot of story for a just a finish him. Which, from what I understand, a lot of it actually got kind of re- rewritten into story after... I think it was like two or three started once they got away from the arcade. Mm, that makes sense. Because they didn't have a lot of room on the memory of arcades and stuff to be able to really write a story that makes sense 
But uh, yeah, no, Scorpion, Sub-Zero. What do you think? You a fan? Oh, heck yeah. I love <laughs> these characters. Dude, right? And I know Sub-Zero has always been one of my favorites to play as, too, just because I've always loved the ice stuff. I personally, Scorpion's always been my favorite character to play, play as. That oh. teleportation thing will really piss off an opponent. <laughs> Apparently, we need to find some games and uh, download them. <laughs> I'd be down. <laughs> now, you play Sub-Zero, I'll do Scorpion. I'm down. Hell yeah. So, uh, yeah. Peace out. For anyone still listening, if you got something out of this, enjoyed the episode, or even liked the character beforehand, from movie, from comic, from cartoon, hell, even that t-shirt you just thought looked cool, guess what? You're a fan too. If you want to jump on this train, why not subscribe, share with a friend. Dick Rail out. Keep riding the rails.